This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Only has one catch on four targets. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murat. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention us, GND, to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We're tracking down Jay Gruden, scheduled to join us for his weekly 5 o'clock appointment uh, here on Grant and Danny on this Monday. It's actually a Tuesday, but he comes on on Monday. So maybe, so it means it's Monday. Maybe he kind right? of thinks we're not doing it. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Uh, but Jay should be with us in just a moment. Uh, I want to get into the coaching search in just a bit, but... Let's finish our breakdown of these playoff games from this weekend. The most stunning result was the Packers annihilating the Cowboys. Dallas completely no-showed. How does that happen in a playoff game? I don't know. They were so flat. They came out and played terrible football. C.D. Lamb dropping passes early. Dak Prescott inaccurate. Throwing picks. He had a pick six and another interception returned for what was almost another touchdown. If you actually look at it, it could have been like 13 to nothing at the half or 13 to seven or whatever it was uh, at mm-hmm. halftime, if not for the two DAC interceptions. Uh-huh. Instead, it was 27 7. But this was not as close as the score indicated. Green Bay led 48 to 16 with six minutes to go. You don't see this in the playoffs. This was a thumping. I mean, Green Bay deserves credit, by the way. So, yes, Dallas was bad and should be called out as such. Maybe not in all caps, Skip Bayless style. But they did not play very well. But Green Bay deserves credit for just throttling them, especially in that first half to get to that 27 nothing lead after that pick six that you, you alluded to from Savage. But I was stunned by this. I thought Dallas might choke it away. I thought there might be some kind of, you know, they get out to a lead and then kind of take their foot off the gas, end up faltering, something to that effect. I did not expect a 27 nothing deficit by the time, you know, a lot of folks are kind of sitting down in the mid-afternoon. What an unbelievable turn of events that was. And now there are those questions that inevitably come, right? When you have a team that's that good, you don't win 12 games by being bad. I don't care what people say, look, Samuel Cowboys, they choked. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. You can't be as good as they have been and have a window like they have with this little to show for it. That's unbelievable. I'll come back to Dallas. The Packers deserve some flowers here for a moment. What a second half they had. This is the youngest team in the NFL. This team had more catches, yards, rushing attempts, rushing yards, 
than any team that's made the playoffs ever has from first and second year players. Think about that for a moment. Their entire team is built around Jordan Love in his first year as a starter and a bunch of guys, Dobbs, Musgrave, Wicks, Kraft, Watson, Melton, Reed, all their receivers. Everyone pretty much but Aaron Jones, who you saw touching the football for Green Bay, Mm -hmm. is either a freshman or a sophomore in the National Football League. What Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst has done this year is amazing. And by the way, Jordan Love's awesome. Jordan Love, they've done it again. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Washington, it's taken decades, still doesn't have their guy. The Bears have never, ever once had a guy. Team search forever and ever. They go to the end of the earth and they can't find these quarterbacks. Green Bay drafts Favre, I think one of the most overrated quarterbacks ever, but an MVP and a Super Bowl champion and a star and a stud for a long time. Then they get Rodgers waiting mm-hmm. in the wings multiple years. Then they have Love sit waiting in the wings multiple years. And he looks like he is rounded into becoming not only a franchise quarterback you don't have to worry about and a guy that you pay, but maybe a legitimate standout and one of the top 10 or so guys into the future in this league. He's playing at that level. It looked calm and easy and effortless. I mean, only threw it 21 times, but you know that's enough to get damn near 300 yards. How about LaFleur? Take a bow, bro. Seriously. Uh, this is one of the guys, that, frankly, of all the coaches that were here, maybe the guy I keep the closest touch with, and uh, McVay and Shanahan and him, they were all on that staff here in D.C. Matt LaFleur is one of the best people. I love Kyle. Sean McVay is one of the greatest guys I've ever met. I'm not knocking anybody else. But LaFleur is such a worker. I mean, he was uh, unknown on that staff. Everyone, Everywhere McVay went, everyone said every day, this guy's going to be a head coach. He, he, he was, you know, his fa- grandfather was a GM. Matt LaFleur, nobody was saying that when he was here. He had to, he was at a football at one point. He went to Notre Dame, I think it was, and coached quarterbacks for a year. He didn't know if he was ever going to get a job in the NFL again. And then he linked back up with Sean and yep. when McVay and, and Kyle look out for you, you're in a good spot. But I, I just I remember all of the noise. The only reason he's won all the games he has is because of Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers leaves, he's going to be fired in six months. Him and Gutekunst look really good right now. Well, a couple things on, on that front. There is a fine line. It's one of the hardest things to know and do in sports as an evaluator, decision maker, whatever, where you go, do we stay the course? Is our vision, is our belief in this correct or do we pivot? And it would have been very easy to pivot multiple times this year when they were, say, three and six after getting uh, beat by the Steelers or when they were six and eight after losing back-to-back games to the Giants and uh, to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay throttled them, by the way. They looked terrible. They were six and eight. They were three and six, six and eight. Neither place where you go, dude, this this vision isn't it. They don't have it. They're wrong. Everything that they tried to do to bring in this young group of wide receivers and skill position guys that eventually take over for Aaron Jones and company was, was falling flat. Defensively, they weren't particularly good. Nothing was working, but they stayed the course. There wasn't a, we're going to punt, we're going to you know go negative at the trade deadline, take a step back. They were confident in their own assessments, and it's reap rewards. They're now... Four straight wins where they've been dominant at times, including this weekend, on the road in Dallas. Unbelievable. Romeo Dobbs, by the way. What a game. Six for 150 and a touchdown. He was wide open all game long in the middle of the field. And love, accurate, precise, put it right where it needed to be for yards after the catch. Uh, So two questions on Dallas. The first is on McCarthy. I've long thought McCarthy gets too much crap. I was talking to Ryan during the break, and mm-hmm. we were talking about Jared Goff, and I'm like, do we really disagree? If we both don't think he's top 10, even though he's played like it the last couple of years, but he's fringe top 10 in the league, like what is the disagreement on Goff? Because you think he stinks. I've never thought he stunk, 
like trying to get to the bottom of that, right? And it, we kind of decided, well, maybe it's he just his. I think this is true. And Ryan said he doesn't get enough credit. He gets too much crap. He doesn't get enough credit. Probably totally fair. That's actually how I feel about Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think McCarthy is the best coach in the league or one of the best coaches in the league. I think the guy's done a pretty good job for a long time. Everyone loves crapping on him. It's really easy. He's eventually going to lose because one team wins a Super Bowl, and most years you're going to get a chance to laugh at him. Now, I will say that his team coming out and being this bad and this flat and this awful and looking this terrible in this game, that one's tough to defend. But he did go 12-5 and five, mm-hmm. three years in a row. Their offense got a lot better with him taking over more control this year. Which nobody saw coming, by the way. A lot of people thought Ag- it was going to be a step back. Yeah. Agreed. So for all those reasons, you can defend him. But it, there's something to be said, Danny, for when you get hired by the Cowboys, you get hired to win a Super Bowl. And maybe it shouldn't be that way because they haven't even been to the NFC Championship game in 13 playoff appearances, a record. They're 5-13 and 13 in the playoffs, which is terrible since they last won a Super Bowl. But they brought him in not to go 10, 11, 12 wins. Jason Garrett occasionally did that. They brought him in to win a Super Bowl. Three years in a row, they're not even getting to the NFC title game. You know, they're not even getting out of the first round in this particular instance where you're a home several-point favorite against Green Bay. Do you think they move on from McCarthy? I don't. So the the rep on Jerry Jones is that he's an impatient uh, jerk. And if you actually look at his record with coaches, he let the clapper stay on for years after everybody thought. I mean, he and Jason Garrett, he, he wouldn't fire him no matter what, despite underachieving. I actually think he, he runs it back and, uh, you know, they, they make some tweaks personnel-wise. But, I mean, to me, Mike McCarthy is a Formula One driver where you give him the best car and he'll do some laps right around the speed limit. Like, I think he's he's had unbelievable teams so, so long, and nobody underachieves with a really good team like Mike McCarthy. But the but, record's always going to be but good. But the team's always better when he's there than before and after for a little while. I don't know? know about that. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, they've won 12 games three straight years. I mean, it's hard to argue with right. that. But you look at his last three years in Green Bay before he was fired. They were well under 500. All those years, double-digit wins with Hall of Fame quarterbacks and as stable an organization as possible to have achieved – as little as they did in his run is why I, I, I knock against him. His overall record's going to be outstanding. He's probably deserves more credit, but I think he's kind of the ultimate regular achiever. I don't think he's special in any kind of way, but that's that may be semantics. But in terms of Dallas, I think he's back. I, I think Jerry, despite his reputation, has actually been pretty patient with coaches. I, I bet he stays. 17 years in the NFL, 11 times his teams have won 10 or more games. I, I just... I don't know. Maybe it's a blind spot for me, but I just see him get dogged like he does. I just think there are guys that whatever for whatever reason, the media just decides not him. You know, they, they just don't <laughs> like him. And but the results in the regular season have been very good, and they are what they are in the playoffs, which is to say that uh, it's been ugly clearly. But you think they they ride with him? I do. I think it's a weird thing about guys like Jerry and, and Dan Snyder. It's not as if Dan Snyder every time a coach does something bad, he walks down and fires the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that, that wasn't the record. I'm going to say he gets fired. And here's my thought on it. I just think this cycle is too good. Like, you know how easy it would be for Jerry to sell firing McCarthy, which everybody wants anyway, mm-hmm. even if it's not necessarily the right move, if he could bring in Bill Belichick and you kind of hand this team over to Bill Belichick and you go, finish the job. Or Mike Vrabel. Where's Mike Vrabel going to end up? If you think like I think that Jim Harbaugh is going to the Chargers and Ben Johnson's going to Washington, and I think Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta mm-hmm. and gets full control, where's Vrabel go? Interesting. Carolina? I mean, does, would he want to work for Tepper? Would he rather go there and just 
get some control maybe and make all the money than sit out for a year? I'm not really sure. But it's why I think Philly may move on from Sirianni, and it's why I think Dallas could move on from McCarthy. There's stars available. Jim Harbaugh, man. Yeah. Like, Jerry Jones wouldn't want to have that press conference. I don't know. I, I, I'm expecting that one of the two of them go. So I'll say I'll say he goes. And when I say one of the two of them, I should clarify that made no sense. Uh, Sirianni and and McCarthy. I'm like, yeah. If you tell me either <clears throat> neither or both get fired, I would say both. So I'm a. I always miss this right where I, I was the guy going. There's no way Brady leaves New England. There's no way. It's all lip service. And then, of course, he leaves and it's gone and never comes back. And, <laughs> and that's the end of it. But there's no way Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. And then he does. So I'm always maybe a little bit, I don't say cautious, but in my assessment, I'm always a bit more reticent to say these guys are moving on simply because, again, I, I look at the track record of, of everyone involved. Now, not necessarily true for Lurie in, uh, in in Philadelphia. He's never been afraid to make a change for a guy that was good for him that either wins a Super Bowl or has been successful. If they think the ship has sailed, they move on right away. So. That one may prove to, to bite me, but I just feel like it's it's insane to have a guy that's had nothing but winning records, talking about Sirianni now in Philadelphia, defending Super Bowl runner-up, experiencing a hangover in, year, in the year after that with some aging personnel, some injuries, and you know some some necessary, um, you know, kind of. Uh, but there's what's questions the word I'm looking from for? The, the staffers and yeah, the locker room. Totally, like I, that's way more bad and toxic and cancerous. It feels like than Dallas. Where they just can't get over the hump. It does feel that way, and I guess I think it's more working back from the fact that they finished one and six, and everything feels terrible. Maybe again, they did finish one and six though. Someone's got to pay for that. So you know? here, here's the other part: Dak Prescott after the game came out and defended Mike McCarthy, and he basically said, "If you're pointing the finger at him, point the finger at me." He's not wrong. He was awful in the playoff game. He had an unbelievable season: thirty-six touchdowns and nine picks. He had uh, obviously they went twelve and five, but a league-leading completions despite not leading the league in attempts, 70% of his passes completed, 4,500 yards. I mean, you just can't play that much better than he did. He was second-team All-Pro. He might be the runner-up in the MVP behind Lamar Jackson at this point. There's talk. I was listening to Dallas Radio last night. There's talk of should they move on from Dak? (laughs) Because Dak wants $50 million a year, supposedly, and he's going to get it, I'm sure, from somebody. Because he already got the the monster leap to the forty million elite money contract, right? He got that the last time he held them over the barrel. So they did that deal, and now they need to restructure and figure out the deal moving forward. Well, where do you go from here? There's a potential out going into this year in his deal, or his cap number is fifty nine million dollars right. for twenty twenty four. He can't do that, so you have to rework his deal. Uh huh. Are you willing to pay him fifty million dollars a year? with his playoff track record and the fact that last year he led the league in interceptions. If the answer's no, then you have to move on from him. Right now, yeah. And I don't think that's an option. I don't think you can move on from a guy who's going to finish second in MVP voting. So that means they're about to pay him $50 million a year, and it's going to make it that much harder for them. So by the way, just as a quick side, the Cowboys, I was holding my breath for each of the last three seasons because they had a window. Right where where the cap numbers kind of lined up, and you had to pay Dak a bunch of money, but they were able to make it work. The you know the Zach Martins, the CD Lambs, the Demarcus Lawrences, the you know uh, guys like Trayvon Diggs are making you know top of the market money, and they had a window for excellence. You're going to have to now start making even harder decisions as you start to cut guys. They're in salary cap Hades as it is, and I don't think it's getting better as you have to then uh, you know, pony up the dough on rework Dak's deal. Anything else on this? 
Anything else on this game before we move on? I just, again, I cannot believe how flat Dallas was. Again, yeah. it, it's, I know that's going to be the story it, that it shouldn't be. It was so be. fun for Commanders fans. Well, it was, it was the best. Just taking a victory lap for three and a half hours. Yeah, Green Bay isn't going to get enough credit in this. It's going to be a Dallas 24-7 type story, which is annoying. But I, I still can't get over how bad they were. Packers plus 10 in San Francisco. Feels like a lot of points. To That's me. a lot of points it's because they're playing really well. They're playing. San Francisco's going to win that game, but ten feels like too much. Ten is a lot. Lafleur against his mentor Kyle Shanahan. They were together in Houston and in Washington uh, before Kyle got the job in San Francisco, and Lafleur eventually went with McVay to L.A. Chiefs twenty six, Dolphins seven. This will be made into a referendum, probably on how Miami's built. You know, with their speed and the fact that. Tyree kills their best player, and they, they can't be portable, and it was too cold for them in negative 25-degree wind chill. I actually think it's more simple than that. I think they sustained way too many injuries on d- defense, including in the final week of the season. They were signing 34- and 37-year-old Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin as defensive ends who played for them coming off the edge in this game. The week of the game, mm-hmm. two guys that are uh, mid-30s, to try to go get to the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. They just didn't have enough. They ran out of steam, I thought, on defense, number one. Uh, and offensively, Tua did not play well. No. His best play, their best play on offense in this game, was a bad underthrow that, luckily for him, Tyreek Hill made an adjustment on, caught a touchdown, and scored. So if you want to say they didn't run the ball, well, they, you're right. They didn't run it very well. They couldn't. Uh, they were also down from a good portion of the second half, but they had to end up putting the game on Tua's shoulder and it didn't work out very well. Go up against a good defensive team like that in, in inclement weather, something maybe negative could happen. But you know what's happening. You know the story, right? Of course, it's it's all the the 80s old school football. Run the ball, stop the run, downhill, thump a man. Those guys are waiting in the wings hoping that Miami loses to basically try to prove some kind of point. And if you want, congratulations, you, you can tap dance. Well, Miami's the number one rushing team in the NFL. <laughs> Don't don't let that get in the way of a good argument. I mean, they might be – I don't know if those people – this is the flex they think it is. Right, of course it isn't. But they're going to, again, tap dance on this, and I I think the point stands here. This was a championship pedigree team that doesn't have as much as they've had in the past, talking about Kansas City. Offensively, they are – they still have a receiver problem there. I think that's what's going to hold them back ultimately from hoisting another trophy. But the fact remains – this should not be viewed as a failure here from, from from Miami, going on the road and losing to a Mahomes and Andy Reid team. Lots of teams have done it. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, this Rasheed Rice kid at wide receiver is awesome. Uh, they did not have a wideout for much of the year. He's legit. Eight for 130 and a touchdown. He's come on as the year's gone along, so they now have one and put him in Sharpie, quality, reliable wide receiver. Kelsey's still not quite the same level of his elite Hall of Fame self from all of his career in terms of yards after the catch and making plays after the reception. But 7 for 70, had a 22-yard grab. He was really good. The the passing game basically was just those two guys catching 15 for about 200 from Mahomes. And then Isaiah Pacheco, very physical, violent runner. On a night like the negative 25-degree wind chill Saturday evening that we saw, the Dolphins just didn't want to tackle him. Not the worst tackling performance of the weekend because that still belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, congrats to them for that, by the way. Number one. The Dolphins get the runner-up. All right, let's look at the coaching search for the Commanders next. Adam Peters introduced today their new GM. He turns his attention to finding the right head coach. 
Who is that? We'll talk about that next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Welcome back. Thank you for making the show part of your day. Adam Peters, the new general manager of the Washington Commanders was introduced out in Ashburn today. He cut his teeth as a scout with the Patriots, where he won titles, then went to Denver, where he won a title, then ended up in San Francisco, where he was influential in building the number one team in the NFC over the last couple of years. The three-time Super Bowl champion and six-time conference champion said today that he plans on building the team through the draft. He will supplement with free agency Mention analytics in the R&D department when it comes to evaluating the quarterback position as it's currently put together on Washington's roster. He also was asked about the number two overall pick, and he said he won't dive into that until he hires the head coach because he wants to collaborate with the head coach. And that theme came up a few different times where he talked about Mm -hmm. once we hire the coach, we'll be able to start putting some plans in place because he views it as him and that coach collaborating. That's kind of what I've wanted. Les Snead and Sean McVay in L.A., Brad Holmes and uh, Dan Campbell in Detroit. You just want that handcuff of two guys who are on the same page. So you you think of it this way as as it might play out. For example, what do you want in your, you know, I don't know, your Z receiver, your second guy on the outside? Do you want a guy that's bigger, more physical? you want a possession Peter? Do you want a deep threat? What, What do you like there? Do you want somebody that can be more versatile and play inside and out? What do you like? What do you prefer? What do you want in a left guard? Do you want a guy that's going to pull out in front on you know Shanahan-style running plays? Or do you want a bruising, mauling, uh, straight-line blocker to run power, to run the will, man? Like, what do you want to do? How do you like it done? And you tell me, and I'll go find the guy for you, right? And, and hopefully those things match up philosophically. You don't, uh, you know... Uh, have a, a, a GM that loves, for example, nothing but zone blocking schemes, smaller offensive linemen who are more quick and agile, and pair him with a head coach that wants you know 
polar bears that are 400-pound straight-line maulers. Hopefully you'd have some sort of idea there. And you, as you said, you'd be on the same page. But that's how it sort of presents itself when you go forward. So you can't start talking about what you want to go get shopping list-wise without hearing the vision of the person you hire that's going to work with them every day. Yeah, I think that's well said. I uh, want to dive into the coaching search, and we can come back to Peter's a little bit closer to the top of the hour. Uh, we are going to replay his press conference from out in Ashburn in its entirety coming up right at 6 o'clock. So if you missed any part of it, you'll want to hear that a little later on in the show right here on G&D. Uh, but the head coaching search begins in earnest. They've already interviewed two candidates. You could interview candidates who didn't have games this weekend, uh, this past week. And so several of them around the league have been talking to teams already, uh, including Mike McDonald of the Baltimore Ravens, who Washington interviewed, and Anthony Weaver, who's the defensive line coach and the assistant head coach, 43-year-old, with the Baltimore Ravens. He also interviewed with the team, like McDonald, via Zoom uh, last week. So now they're going to kick their search into high gear this week, starting tomorrow and through Friday. Ben Johnson's supposed to interview with the team on Friday, as an example. That's when he's decided to do several of his Zooms with his team playing this weekend at home in Detroit. The question I want to pose to people on the MGM National Harbor Listener Alliance is we're here now, okay? It's no longer speculative. Yep. You guys have seen the list of names that they're considering, that they've submitted requests for, interestingly enough, and I'm expecting still more to come out. But, you know, they have not submitted uh, any kind of request for Bill Belichick, who everyone was linking them to. If a McCarthy or a Sirianni got fired, you don't know if the list would change a little bit. But what we do know is that Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver, Bobby Slowick, Dan Quinn, and Raheem Morris were all on that list of guys they're going to talk to that Quinn, D coordinator Cowboys, and Morris, D coordinator of the Rams, both got eliminated. Slowick put on a clinic with the Texans. Johnson had a great game with the Lions. Meanwhile, McDonald's still waiting. Aaron Glenn's Lions defensively did just fine. Weaver and, and uh, McDonald haven't had their chance again to play, but how are you feeling right now? You know, who do you want? And maybe just as importantly, who would you be bothered by? Who, who would not excite you? What hiring of the names that's linked to Washington would disappoint you? So the only guy, again, disappointment's a relative term, right? I, I wouldn't be bummed out. I wouldn't think it's a massive failure. It would be Dan Quinn, despite the fact that I think he's a really good coach. We know he's an excellent defensive mind who's gotten more out of players. I mean, that to me is the ultimate test of a coach, right? If you're given chicken salad or given chicken you-know-what, do you make chicken salad out of it? And he has. He, he has taken mediocre, turned it great. He's turned really good and outstanding, and he's done it consistently over his career. I think that guy would be just fine. I just think it would be rather uninspired. I, th- I think that's a little too safe for kind of what I'm going for here. There would be just no way for me to be happy about a hiring of a retread defensive coordinator post-Rivera. There might be a time where that makes more sense. You know, if you're coming off of a you know a hot-shot young play caller didn't get it done or something. But that is the Rivera hire in a lot of ways, right? It, it is guy that got fired as a head coach, as a defensive-minded HC. Now, he will have repaired himself in a really favorable way as a D coordinator, whereas Rivera would just went from the head job in Carolina got beat by Washington and fired to the head job here and then took over full control of the front office. But it would be really tough for me. It would be a a better situation than the Rivera one because it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be coach-centric. 
But that there's no way to get me excited about a Dan Quinn hire. Doesn't mean to be a bad hire for the record. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I just wouldn't be excited about right. it. Right. I'd go I wouldn't be like, oh, what a bunch of buffoons. I can't believe they did this. It would be, oh, okay. Fine, I see it. I also think hiring Aaron Glenn would be befuddling to me a little bit. I I get that stats and numbers and results are not the end all be all. And like you could be a great coach and have a bad unit, uh, and you could be uh, a you know really good coach and, and have a, a terrible group or, or a terrible coach and have a good group depending on your players or whatever. But the Lions defense all season long has been topsy turvy. I'm sure there's a reason his name comes up so much and so many teams want to talk to him. I bet if I spent an hour with him, I'd love the guy and sure. think, oh, man, this guy's a head coach. Seems to be as likable as anybody you'll find. I have a hard time believing, though, you spend $6 billion on this team, you only get one shot to make the, the big impression, and you go with, in this cycle, a guy like Glenn, right? Where you, you can't point to... This season, historically significant and awesome, like Mike McDonald can as a young defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. It's kind of been largely disappointing. Like They've been the Achilles heel of the team for most of their losses more often than not. So that would be one where I'd say, I get it, young leader of men, recent player. Uh, That would be kind of like a um, D'Amico Ryan's hire. What a home run that's been for the Texans. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad hire. That one would be tough for me. In terms of getting really excited, right. I, I would not love it. Because the two sexier names are both the Baltimore guys, right? In McDonald, you mentioned Anthony Weaver is, is a guy that's a bit under the radar, but he's kind of their associate head coach who's also in charge of the defensive line. But that guy is incredibly well-reviewed as a rock star kind of coach and winning as well. But, yeah, I mean, Glenn is super likable and would win at the podium. You, you know, he'd be really, really good in that regard, and guys, I think, like playing for him. But you're right. To me, we don't have that unbelievable set of results to be able to point to like a McDonald would or, or, or some of these other guys. Are you surprised, though, real quick, that there's still only one OC on their list uh, of guys that they're talking to? No, Sloak's the other. Um, both Ben Johnson and Bobby Sloak. Sloak, you're right. Do they, do they have an interview lined up with him? Yes. Okay. This week, they'll right. be talking to him. There we go. Um, I We talked about this last week. I, I'm not surprised because most of the coaches available in the cycle are defensive-minded. So you're going to have more defensive mm-hmm. interviews. like. Here's here's where I guess I'm slightly surprised. It is odd to me that Brian Callahan isn't on their list, who some teams are talking to with the Bengals. Uh, it is, I, I don't know that it's strange, but like they're not interested in Shane Waldron. I would have thought they would have cast a larger net toward the offensive like side. No Dave Canales, who we saw with Tampa Bay ringing right. the bell a couple times. Not that I have any idea if these guys are geniuses yeah. or great. I mean, offensively, we know they're really good, but are these guys ready to do it? I have no idea. He's so young as a play caller and new, although you could say the same thing about Bobby Slowick. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think they would get the job. My reaction to their list is, I hate to be belittling, I don't think the list matters that much. Like, that is for show in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, I think you put, you, you want everyone to think you're casting this giant net. The number of candidates who have a real shot is much smaller. Like, the example I'll give, this is not to knock Mike Borgonzi or Glenn Cook or anybody else. But I was told before the GM search that this group really liked Adam Peters and Ian Cunningham. Like those were the two names that kept coming up. The other guy was Alec Hallaby over the last several weeks. But I'll bet if they shopped his name around the league, they heard some things um, that were like a mixed bag because mm-hmm. he he butted heads big time with football people in Philadelphia, which is not a great thing when you're a young analytics guy. But who were the two finalists? Those guys. So they actually interviewed five, and the two finalists were the 
two quote-unquote favorites going in. My guess is the head coaching thing will be the same. Whereas the finalists will end up looking something like Ben, if there's such a thing as that round and it's mm-hmm. not just straight to the higher. Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Raheem Morris, Bobby maybe. Slowick, Raheem, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to They'll me, whittle that list down where uh, Weaver from Baltimore, um, Dan Quinn, maybe, you know, a couple of those guys will, will not get the in person interview. So let's the say. theme to me looked like either. Hot shot offensive guy, of which there aren't too many in this cycle, right? Yeah, there's like two or, that everybody seems to love, and one of them, Sloak, who's been calling plays for six minutes. Yeah, or we got the next leader of men, and we'll figure out the rest later kind of deal, right? Whether it's Raheem Morris, you know, Weaver, McDonald, et cetera. That seems to me to be the theme. It's not just, are you a good offensive coordinator? Shane Waldron, Brian Callahan, Canales, a number of guys would jump to mind is, look at the success we've had with Leftover quarterbacks, journeymen or otherwise, some of the some of the bona fides that are getting guys looks elsewhere. It's either exceptional offensive mind, which are only a couple, it seems like that they really believe, or we just want that bona fide alpha, stand in front of people, leader of men, and again, we'll figure the staff out later. I've thought they were gonna get Ben Johnson for uh, certainly the last week or so, and I've been hopeful even before that that he would end up here. I do wonder if they don't get Ben Johnson. What do they do? Like, who's next on everybody's list? Uh, let's ask that question on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines next. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. They were hired to help land not just the GM, but two people. And I would imagine Myers, who you're paying, and Spielman, who you've paid, will stay on staff to help continue to hunt for that coach. So you're going to have a lot of help if you're Adam Peters as he talks to, among others this week, McDonald and Johnson and Slowick and uh, Weaver, uh, again, if if they want to have a second interview with him, and Quinn. And others. And that's just fine. I mean, the point of bringing smart people together is you value their input. You don't just go with one of the smart guys that you just hired. You, you've got these resources now. They've agreed to help you. So take advantage of that. You've got the organizational builder extraordinaire in Myers, and you've got a guy that was, you know, probably learned from some mistakes, good, bad, and different, everything in between in Spielman. 
So you sort of figure out, hey, what kind of personality-wise works better as a head coach? Well, it's actually you, – you'd think it's this, but it actually turns out to be this. We had more success with this kind of guy than we did with this guy. Whatever that is, lean on that expertise. It, it, it is welcome to have smart voices at the table. So I, I don't want to waste anyone's time and say, what do we want to happen? Because I have done the show with you every day for the last month. I've talked about Ben Johnson more than people can stomach. I know you – Ben Johnson mm. alert. Ben Johnson alert. You also like Ben Johnson. I do too, yeah. So in a hypothetical where even though right now they're the front runner and seem like the most likely team to land him, let's say it doesn't happen. Uh, The Panthers sweeten the pot and give him some control over personnel or pay him twice what you want to pay him to lure him away. Or suddenly the Chargers come to the table and, and they're hot and heavy after him and he really wants to work with Herbert and he just loves the meeting he has with ownership. Somehow, someway, he goes somewhere else. Who's next on your list? So I've gone through that. We did this exercise last week when we did Vrabel or, and it ends up that Vrabel would be my number two seed. Um, now, I know that's a little bit maybe less sexy because he has coached in the NFL before, um, and I know it's a second stop, but it's a second stop with a lot of unfinished business. This isn't a couple Super Bowls or this isn't I had ultimate success and I need to you know go somewhere else and do everything by myself. If he was willing to just be a football coach, and I get the sense that he would because he seems to be really good at it, I'd be really excited about that. I don't think, maybe I missed it, have they said that they're going to interview Not him? as far as I know. I haven't seen that anywhere. I don't even think he's on their list yet, which, I mean, those lists are going to change, obviously. They just got their GM. Um, Vrabel, because he's a really good coach, is not someone that I will be disappointed to hear is hired, but it's just... It's not really what I'm looking to do or, or for me necessarily. In other words, if you're going to bring in a retread defensive guy, mm-hmm. he's my retread defensive guy for sure. Uh, I, I also love like Brian Flores as an example. I'm just not hiring him. I think Dan Quinn will be a great hire for someone, maybe Seattle. It's just not going to be me that hires him. Here's the problem. I, I, I need more intel on Bobby Slowick. I am colored by... When I knew Bobby Slowick, he was just a young boy. I mean, now he was my age, but we were both in our young 20s, and he was literally a tape labeler the first year. His dad was on the staff, so Mm -hmm. he got a job, and he was labeling videotapes. And then the second year, the third and fourth years, I was around him on that Shanahan staff. He was the assistant linebackers coach. He's bringing guys cups to spit in. They'll (laughs) They'll put him on the graphic with McVay and LaFleur and Kyle and all those guys. He didn't roll with those guys. Those guys all went out to the bars together. Bobby Slowick didn't roll with them, but he has since earned it. He went and worked at PFF. He went and worked for Kyle Shanahan. I love the offense that he's put together this year. Hard not to. So I'm I'm really intrigued by him. I have a hard time believing he's ready to run a whole team. Like we talk about leaders of men and mm-hmm. getting guys to run through a wall. Again, part of this could just be that I saw him as a young kid, and I'll always see him as that. But I have a hard time believing he's ready. So I think if you're hiring him, it's probably a year, maybe two years too early. you got to let him grow into the role probably and hope he doesn't do any damage while doing it. But I still would probably have him near the top of my list next. I guess Mike McDonald is the only other guy I would put up there. You know, if if not Ben Johnson, who I've kind of put all my eggs in that basket, go get him. Slowick or John, or mm-hmm. Mike McDonald would be my the hires that most excite me because they're not interviewing the guy that I really, really like defensively. Ajiro Evero. Um, I, I would also really be interested in that. Let's go to Mike in La Plata on G and D. What's up, Mike? Hey Mike. Yo, what's up, brothers? How y'all doing? Come in. 
good. So I would not – the retread coach, uh, Quinn, I wouldn't want him. He, he's shown to me twice that he can't make adjustments. You know, of course, the Super Bowl and now with Dallas. Once you took Michael Parsons out of the game, his, his defense was null and void. And, you know, why do we want to keep going back down the same road? You know what I mean? I think we need to get some young, creative uh, individuals in here that can really, you know, like you say, also manage men, but can create something to give us an opportunity. And I just don't think Dan Quinn is, is that. I Like you said, Seattle, one of you guys said, I think that, that does sound more intriguing because they're kind of like a older repertoire type, type of team. Yeah, I, Appreciate I think that. Dan Quinn out in Seattle's, I don't want to say a done deal, but... just seems like it's happening. Whether we, I, I have no information other than it just feels right. <laughs> right? He coached there. Yeah. He's kind of Pete Carroll-ish in like how he would run mm-hmm. the building. It would be a pretty easy, seamless transition. Um, Some good answers coming in. I got someone here saying, you got to go McDonald. Another guy says Sloak because of, of knowing Shanahan and being around him as close as he was. Let's make sure to put a pin in this and circle back tomorrow. We should, yeah. Right at time here this hour. But uh, I think this is actually a good conversation. I want to get more feedback on Grant and Danny on the fan. Adam Peters, new GM of the Commanders, introductory presser earlier today. You'll hear it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.